Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD Guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. So I just watched the show that I had recommended to you guys, um, and I told you that the reason I recommended it is I highly believe the person who this documentary was about would be a, a perfect candidate, in my opinion, um, for complex PTSD. And it was the, the, I think it was titled The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and how she grew up with a parent who had Munchausen by proxy. Um, and that was put upon onto Gypsy. So it, her mother was using her as a pawn um, and faking illnesses and having her daughter fake illnesses. And that's what Munchausen by proxy, that's the primary type thing they do. Um, but it was long-term trauma. It was long-term abuse, very well-documented stuff too, medical stuff that went on. Um, and I'm glad I watched it. They just did two episodes and I think there's more, well, there is more, there's more, um, episodes coming, I think maybe next week, but, um, I just watched the first two episodes and I wanted to report back because I took notes. Um, I took this ser very seriously because, again, I don't ever see anything about long-term trauma like this outside of maybe Hollywood or extremely extreme cases of captivity situations. Um, but this is this is similar to that, what uh, Gypsy went through. Um, and I've also pointed out on this podcast that in regards to my own complex PTSD, um, my primary abuser, in my opinion, they have Munchausen. They don't have Munchausen by proxy, what she went through. That is, there are two very different things, but they're very similar. Um, but there are major differences. Um, so with Munchausen by proxy, the kid is being used by the parent or the caregiver. In the situation I grew up in, it was the uh, the primary abuser, the adult, um, saying that they are sick. So it's very different. Um, but there are very key similarities that I noticed in this where I thought, wow, this is something I never see on any program ever. It's just, I just don't ever see it. And it's something that I can very much relate to is the... Um, particular aspects within the world of the Munchausen stuff. So, um, and I, I just, I only, I really only have a couple, but they really rang true to the very dark sickness of it. Um, cause it's a sickness for sure. Um, and one thing in particular that uh, I don't, I don't even think it's frustrating, but something that's her, I believe he was her cousin, somebody in this documentary who made a statement that I have heard other people say about my primary abuser. And again, what I believe to be, they have Munchausen, something I have heard someone say that I wish more people would just say it. Um, and you got to say it and say it to the, the victim, say it to the person. Um, cause I've told you guys on this podcast before, I really only had my math teacher ever say to me, something is not right here. 
and there, she, uh, she was very forward about it. She was like, um, something's way off. There is deep, deep denial going on here in regards to my situation, in regards to the dysfunction that I was growing up in. Um, she was one of the only people to say it. Like she pointed it out. And then also a family member who one time said to me, well, you have to know that there's something wrong with them. And I was like, no. And, you know, that was like a, almost like an obliviousness, but it's like to everybody else, this is very obvious to me. It was not because it's how I was growing up to me. It was like, yeah, I take their word for it. My primary abuser's word for it because one, nobody's ever removed me from the household to, to show me something's wrong. And two, nobody's getting in their face about it. Like no one's, and no one is saying it to me. So if no one's saying it to you, then that means everyone's accepting it. They're like, oh, that's normal. Right? Otherwise, someone would be saying it. Um, so I found a cousin's comment so telling in regards to that. But I wanted to point out something very specific. So again, on this documentary, it was on Lifetime tonight, and they'll they'll show it again. They're actually showing it again right now. Um, but one particular thing that happened when she had a motorcycle accident, she was a kid and she was on her grandpa's motorcycle. They had an accident and her knee got scraped and the mom turned it into a huge deal where eventually she had like a brace on her knee and she didn't need it. And then she put her in a wheelchair. She didn't need to be in a wheelchair. And she stayed in a wheelchair for like the rest of her teenage years from a scraped knee when she was six or something, or I don't know, eight, I don't some, something young. But I've seen that. So in regards to my primary abuser, and again, what I believe is they're Munchausen, because think about this. If you're growing up in an abusive home and your primary abuser has Munchausen, one, they're not going to tell you they have Munchausen because they have Munchausen, right? And nobody else is going to say to you, well, you know, uh, this person has Munchausen now. Like nobody, nobody would say that because then one, I would go and repeat it and then they would blow up at that person and go ballistic. Um, and so a lot of things I was seeing from the prism of my own complex PTSD and being around someone who I believe totally has Munchausen. Um, again, it's not Munchausen by proxy. It's Munchausen in my case. Um, but it's my primary abuser. Um, so the situation where they turned a scrape on the knee into this huge dilemma where she's in a wheelchair for years that I have seen in regards to other things where some, where the person again, who I believe has Munchausen in my life, um, they turn things like a, a cut into a major infection type thing. Major. Um, they've seen doctors for, for, I would say 20 years now doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and that was another point in the documentary that they pointed out a hallmark they said in the documentary a hallmark of Munchausen is going from doctor to doctor and that I already knew I already knew that um, because it was completely abnormal and when they don't get the answer they want they go to another doctor and then they go to another doctor and they spend a fortune doing that by the way 
Um, and that's how you know it's it's real. Um, so one thing I want to point out, her cousin said whenever she had this like scraped knee and they had a brace and then they, they saw her in a wheelchair because of the scraped knee from the motorcycle accident. And it was literally like a scratch or something, you know, um, it wasn't, she didn't even, she didn't break her knee, you know, nothing like that. It's like she got scratched, but they, her mom who has had Munchausen by proxy, put her in a wheelchair and all that. Her cousin said, we all knew it was a bunch of BS. And that's, that's something that I've heard in regards to a distant relative saying that about my primary abuser. Someone said, well, none of this stuff that they said happened, happened. And this is all fanciful, you know, like this is just gotten ridiculous. Um, and I only heard that once and that was a distant relative who I hardly ever saw, but they said that and they weren't afraid to say that. And that was one tiny minute moment. Um, and they never, I mean, they kind of hinted at their, uh, that my primary abuser is full of crap and is a big fat liar. Um, but that's a big part of Munchausen, right? Um, and so, again, I would have been a teenager at that time, maybe 16, when they made that comment. Um, when they said, this is kind of fanciful. I mean, this is kind of ridiculous. And they kind of laughed about it, like, what a joke, you know. Um, that my primary abuser is carrying on and on and on about things that just aren't real. Um from my perspective, I would see that as I would probably be protective of the per- that person. So my the person that abused me, I would probably be protective of them because I wouldn't want someone talking bad about them. Um, because one, I didn't, as a teenager, I didn't know I was developing complex PTSD from the abuse. And two, you tend to believe what they're telling you. So if someone is telling me they're sick and then somebody else is almost like laughing at them or they're almost like, what a joke, it almost makes you think in your 16-year-old brain, why would you laugh at someone and call it a joke if somebody's sick? So because you don't know at the time that it's a bunch of BS, like you don't know, you don't know that um, because they're saying they're sick. So like, like if you, someone in my audience were to say that you were sick, and then someone were to say, oh, what a joke. Um, you know, I might think the same thing, but I'd, I would be much more aware now. Um, for example, I told you guys maybe about six months ago, I was working with somebody at one of my jobs. I didn't say which job it was, but I had a we had a new colleague and she was making stuff up left and right. I have never seen anybody create so much chaos in such a short amount of time and they ended up leaving they quit the job thank goodness i've never seen anything like it um you talk about i don't want to use the term drama queen but you talk about a whirlwind of toxicity every day every day you work with them it was like this person did this to me this person did this uh I just came home from this and this happened. I mean, it was, it was every day. And then even after they quit, they were still bad mouthing employment 
where they had quit from weeks later. And because I was there when they did it, like I saw them out in public somewhere. They were still going on about it, about something that really didn't even happen. I mean, it was like searching for things to be toxic about. I was like, wow, I really don't want to be around this person. Um, But getting back to my point about this show. um, So whenever her cousin made that comment, we all knew it was a bunch of BS it makes me want to say to the cousin, did you say to Gypsy what your mom is doing is a bunch of BS? Like, did you ever say that? Because that's what I feel is missing in scenarios like this. So if you're growing up um, around Munchausen by proxy or Munchausen with a parent with Munchausen or a caregiver with Munchausen or your abuser has Munchausen, whatever it is, or Munchausen by proxy... Or if you're growing up in a home that's traumatic, um, you really need those like saviors in the community or logical people in the community to say to you, something's not right here. Like like my math teacher said, there's some major cuckoo, cuckoo crazy stuff. Um, another thing my math teacher said is the relationship of the abuser and the enabler of the abuser that I grew up around, she specifically pointed out, she said their relationship is far outside the realm of what is considered normal. And she made sure to say that to me. She made sure to let me know that. And that really helped. You know, again, when you're 16, 17, and I was severely depressed at the time in my teenage years, um, you know, I just didn't have much... I didn't do anything because I was depressed. Um, and so I was always around the the emotional abuse stuff. Um, and so for her to say that, it kind of makes you look at it differently because there's nobody else around to kind of say it if you're isolating yourself. But she made sure to point it out. I will say that she also was trained in that. So she, she was a um, almost like an advocate for youth this math teacher because she was in big brother, big sister. And I was friends with somebody who she was the big sister to. Um, and so she was, she had the advocate mindset. She's still that way. She still has an advocate mindset and she, she's not shy. If she sees abuse towards kids, she reports it. And I've literally seen her do that before. She, she's not afraid to be the, the whipping boy for the, for the abuser's retaliation. She doesn't care what they come back with. She doesn't bother her. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, and now, again, I don't know if you guys watched this or if you didn't, if you're not interested in it, but um, in regards to, and this you may find very relatable, by the way, in regards to how deep and dark um, Gypsy's abuser was, um, they pointed out something very significant that I found. I sadly related to this quite well. Um, and this shows you how sick someone can be and how um, scary they can be. And I, I literally relate to this. So in regards to, I could see my own abuser, not that they've ever done anything like this, but I've seen it a scary side of my abuser, right? Cause I have complex PTSD from them. Um, but in one particular part of the documentary, 
they said that multiple people said this that her mom gypsy's mom put roundup fertilizer in the food of her own stepmom so gypsy's mother her father so gypsy's grandfather married a, a new woman and um gypsy's mom kind of felt like they had replaced her mother that her dad had replaced her mother and she didn't like that and she was gypsy told the grandpa that the roundup container was what her mom said was the vitamins for for the new grandma and she was putting it in the food and so they all found out that the she's putting roundup in the food and eventually the stepmom like died a slow painful death um and they think it was from that and i thought well you know if they knew that you'd think she'd be like arrested or something so i don't, I don't know how that fell apart or where that went where that went wrong because clearly if somebody is putting poison in someone's food you would think one they'd be arrested and their kid wouldn't be in the house with them anymore so something really stupid was going on there i'm not quite sure how that could even happen um the other thing i, I was just going to say really quick um was in regards to the last episode i did regarding this documentary um and i talked about the broken window how i used like an analogy um of the broken window in regards to the abuse that gypsy had said her grandpa had done to her and then he came back and said that she was the one kind of wanting to do certain things or trying to grab him and he would say no i don't know if they edited part of that scene um i'm guessing they did not um otherwise i'd be incredibly deceptive but when they asked him um they said that if you listen to what the producer said they she said um gypsy had said that there was abuse that had gone on but they didn't say what kind of abuse um so i don't know if that part got edited out i would hope it didn't um but they didn't say what kind of abuse and then the grandfather um kind of questioned at first like well what like what are you talking about or who said who said what blah 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 and then he basically led into the exact type of abuse that she had accused him of but the producer never said what type of abuse so i was like well that's a big guilty red flag right there um if you're just looking at it from that angle uh that would scream a red flag in my opinion um i'm not saying he is guilty because i i don't know these people but if that's literally how that conversation went down and nothing was edited out it it makes him look you know awfully guilty uh because he led exactly into the type of abuse that she accused him of you know so that was a really weird weird situation um i do wish that they had shown a little bit more of the mom um they showed one little video clip of her with gypsy when they got their new house and um you could tell gypsy's statement was very prepared by the mom it was a very commercial statement um in regards to getting a new house from habitat for humanity but they did show the mom and they showed her talking and i was wanting to see more of that i was wanting to see more of her behavior um and there are a few things that um were a little strange regarding the doctors in that but again 
I don't know these people, so I'm not going to get into some of that stuff. Um, and I, I don't want to, I'm not here to accuse anybody of anything, but, um, in regards to the Munchausen stuff, very relatable, specific things there. And I, like I said, I never see anybody talk about stuff like that. The only other, other time I've ever heard anybody even mention Munchausen, I think was the rapper Eminem, like sang a song once and talked about his mom. Uh, I think he mentioned that he thought that she had that. I don't know if he thought she had Munchausen or Munchausen by proxy, but that's really, the, I think that's the very first time I even heard that term was in an Eminem song. Uh, like 20 years ago, but, um, anyway, I, uh, again, in regards to long-term trauma, I, I was really looking forward to seeing this. Um, but I don't even know if I'm going to watch the rest of it. Uh, it, some of it was, it was, uh, it was really hard to watch some of it, like where she, her mom had like her teeth yanked out and chained to a bed and, a lot of it's just really sad and it's such a waste. Um, really hard to hear stuff like that because that is, that is way more than what I ever went through. I mean, that is major, really dark stuff right there. That's, that's a whole other level of what I would say would be complex PTSD extreme. Um, I don't know. That's, that's really wild. But in regards to that sickness, so when somebody has something like Munchausen or Munchausen by proxy, um, and not, not saying that everybody who has something like that would put poison in somebody's food. Um, but that's showing you like that real scary side of somebody who's willing to do anything. Cause if somebody is willing to treat their kid like that, they are willing to do anything in my opinion um and that whole roundup situation putting poison in the stepmom food that that shows you that's a reflection of basically how she was treating her daughter too i mean she was making her sick um it's really it's really demented um so i have to say like in regards to my situation so my own experience with my abuser who i do believe has munchausen I've seen them make themselves sick. And when you see it, and I, I did tell my, my therapist about it too, that, that I've seen them harm themselves. Um, and I mean physically harm themselves, but they do it to themselves. And it's a whole other level of something that you can't really explain it to people. Um, you know, it's almost like Vincent Van Gogh cutting his ear off. You know, it's... And I'm not saying that he had anything like Munchausen, but I think that was an, an act of rage of insane psychotic moment in his part. But when someone's doing to themselves stuff like this long term, like in what I'm talking about, my own personal experience, it's very, very, it's traumatizing in itself to watch it for years because um, I've seen it go on since I was 16 years old. So because I remember when it started, I specifically remember it. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a big, it's a very specific thing in regards to one aspect within my own complex PTSD. But I did find this all very, 
I found a lot of it quite relatable, but again, I want to stress there's a huge difference between growing up in a traumatic home where the parent has Munchausen or a caregiver or a loved one or your primary abuser. And in her case, where her, her mother had Munchausen by proxy and was putting it on her, that's there. There's a lot of very key differences there. Like what she went through is just really terrifying really scary um anyway i wanted to kind of give my rundown while it was fresh on my mind and i literally was taking notes um and i'd have to say again that cousin making that statement we all knew it was a bunch of bs i thought man i wish somebody would have stressed that to her to the daughter more to the the person suffering from it right i mean clearly if you know it's it's almost like Someone needs to have a big, loud, vocal voice and just say it in front of everybody. Well, this is a bunch of BS, you know. Um, it's just, it's it's kind of flabber flabbergasting or just unbelievable at the same. You know, it's it's shocking. Um, it's really shocking. But and it's also shocking how some of that can become very much normalized, and that's why I always go back with the term blurred lines. I wrote my play and, you know, and everything I call the title of the play was blurred lines. That's why it was called blurred lines because once you start normalizing it, that's where the long-term trauma comes from. Cause it's, it's normalized. It creates blurred lines, but it's becoming a daily thing. It's becoming normal for the person being abused. Um, so Anyway, I wanted to share this, so this is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.